Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all for, for joining us today. And we really have to start off with the talk of suspensions. We found out uh, on Monday that Ronnie Perkins, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, and Trajan Bridges would be suspended. There was uh, some hope of possibly an appeal coming through, but uh, neither of those, not, n- none of those guys will play in Saturday's Peach Bowl. Abby, let's start off with you. Which one of these do you think is is most important for the Sooners or the biggest loss for the Sooners? Um, I think the last time we talked about this, I said that it might be uh, Ramondre Stevenson just because of um, how OU has been playing lately in the more grinded-out style, really running the ball a lot. But thinking about it a lot more over the last week, I think Probably Ronnie Perkins, just because of how effective he's been up front for the Sooners. And, yeah, I just think that he, especially going up against an offense like LSU's, will be a big loss for OU's defense. And what about you, Barry? Do you think Ronnie Perkins is the biggest loss out of those those three guys? Oh, yeah, I think it's Perkins. I mean, Stevenson was a really nice change of pace. Big guy, burly, tailback. Uh, who were also not bad in the open field. But, you know, tailback has not been an issue at Oklahoma since, I don't know, 1990 or 91 when Jerry Gibbs ran out of tailbacks. They always got enough tailbacks. I think T.J. Pledger's a really good player. Lincoln was very effusive in his praise yesterday, T.J. Pledger. Offense isn't the issue with this team uh, against LSU. They need all hands on deck defensively. They don't have them. Uh, this is a this is a uh, an LSU offense that seems to have one minor weakness, which is that Joe Burrow is susceptible to getting sacked on occasion, and Ronnie Perkins is uh, the number one sack master on this team, and he's out. So I think I think Sooners are really going to miss Ronnie Perkins. Now, what, Barry, though, if we threw in Delarian Turner-Yell with his, his injury, also not expected to play in the Peach Bowl, is Turner-Yell's absence or Perkins's absence more uh, detrimental to the Sooners' chances of pulling off this upset? I think it's Perkins just because he's a better player. He's more consistent. However, the depth is better at defensive end than it is at safety. I mean, Alex Grinch has been asked almost on a weekly basis since August, all virtually every week, he's been asked about the depth at safety. Have you found any more safeties, you know, to help those uh, those three that you play? Is there anybody behind them? Because Alex likes to go with the hockey line defense. He likes to play a lot of different guys. He has not been able to find those guys at safety. Every week he's asked, and the answer is always, no, the depth has not improved at safety. 
and now they're going to have to play Justin Broyles in particular, one of those guys who Alex Grinch has continually told us he can't count on. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see because yesterday, and talking about Monday, Lincoln Riley was asked specifically about Justin Broyles, and he said obviously they're confident about the position, but he sort of danced around Broyles, didn't really come out and say anything about him definitively, which, one, that's what Lincoln Riley sort of does, but it also makes you wonder a little bit if they look to somebody, you know, maybe one of the younger guys, maybe a a Woody Washington or, or somebody like that that hasn't played a ton this year, if maybe they give them a chance and roll the dice rather than Justin Broyles, who it's been pretty clear, as you said, Barry, that uh, uh, the, the, the Alex Grinch and the, the coaches don't have full confidence in their ability behind uh, Pat Fields and Delarian Turner-Yell to, to, to field competitive safeties out there. Yeah. Um, let me ask, what, what did, did Grinch – did you get a chance to talk to Grinch today? Yeah, we, we just actually got done talking to him uh, about 30 minutes ago. And exactly what did he say about the about the whole issue? Not of Perkins, but of, of Turner Yale. Well, uh, he wasn't asked directly about uh, Justin Broyles in specific. In specifics, we asked him about the the depth of that position. Sort of the same questions that we've asked him uh, pretty much all year. And he said he felt good for it. He said he about it. He said. Uh, those guys that are, are going to play have, have significant reps. But the two, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the two most used players on this team as far as amount of plays have been the two safeties in, in Delarian Turner, Yell, and Pat Field. So they've done a lot of rotating at a lot of spots, but safety hasn't been one where they've rotated much. Justin Broyles got to play some pretty significant minutes in the Big 12 title game because of uh, Brendan Radley Hiles' injury. Uh, it appears Radley House is, is able to go, but uh, going to be really interesting to see what they do there, um, you know, given the repeated lack of confidence in that group. But, uh, a- Abby, let's let's go to you for, for a little bit. I, I hope you're still around, uh, running around yeah. Chicago uh, up there. What to you maybe is the biggest question about what Oklahoma does defensively on Saturday to to maybe try to work around uh, some of these personnel changes that they've been forced to make? I mean, I think the I think the biggest question kind of is what we've been talking about: what they do um, with the defensive backs. How do they stop? Um, you know, Joe Burrow uh, as a passer, and how do they contain? Uh, these great wide receivers that LSU has. I think that, um, you know, a guy like Parnell Motley has been playing really well for OU lately, and so they have they have some hope um, with the defensive backs. But I think that, yeah, for me, the biggest question defensively is what, um, like like we've been talking about, just how do they move, how do they move as around, who do they trust, what do they do there? And... Uh... Barry, along those lines, what do you think maybe is the best solution up front with with Redmond as far as bringing pressure, 
finding ways to get after Joe Burrow and and uh, potentially bring him down for sacks. Is it moving somebody around? Is it as simple as just plugging Marcus Stripling into the spot that uh, Ronnie Perkins was in? Is it something else? Well, I mean, I think they're going to have to flip Redmond and or Stokes. You want your best 11 players on the field, and Stripling is not one of the best 11. So I think you'll see more Redmond and Stokes playing together. Um, again, as much as LSU throws, as often as they're likely to snap the ball, you can't. I mean, you're going to have to use Stripling and some other guys. You got to do some platooning. But you know, when it's when it's crunch time and you want your best eleven on the field, I don't think Stripling is one of those eleven. So this is going to require some, you know, some some uh, adjustments for Alex Grinch in that defense. But I think it's I think it's feasible. You know, when we when we call Ronnie Perkins the best pass rusher, he is, but that doesn't mean he's he's uh, you know uh, one of the. I'm trying to think. He, he's not Oboe, Okoronkwo. He's not. I mean, he's not head and shoulders above everybody else. He's just right. you know the best pass rusher on a, on a pretty good pass rush. He's you know, he, he, It's a case of you just want all hands on deck. It's not losing a superstar but you are losing an effective player on a defense that really needs now the truth about OU's defense is the Sooners have I would say that defense has eight or nine really effective players and the way you beat LSU is you have 11 effective defensive players and when you're going in the other direction when you lose one of them it puts you further from victory so that's where they're at so the best players remaining have to play more, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. It'll be uh, interesting to see what they do. My thought would be that Redmond would move to the other side, but of course Stokes is a possibility as well. But like you said, Ronnie Perkins isn't, uh, you know, he isn't oboe on a, on a team full of guys who, who can't do anything. They've been able to be a decent pass rush team in some other places. Heck, Jalen Redman, the number of plays that he, he has played is uh, not nearly as much, I believe, as Ronnie Perkins, but only he is only half a sack behind him at five and a half sacks for second on the team behind Perkins. So I think they can figure out ways to, to uh, get after Joe Burrow in some different ways. It's just going to be can they do it enough and consistently enough to uh, disrupt an LSU offense that's really, really good. But we're, we're going to take a break right there. We're going to be back on the other side with more uh, Peach Bowl talk from down here in Atlanta. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here in Atlanta. On the phone, we have... uh, Abby Bitterman from Chicago, Barry Trammell from 
presumably Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, Abby, the big revelation today was that Oklahoma defensive coordinator Alex Grinch has never seen how the Grinch stole Christmas. Yeah, I, 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 I've been following along with everything on Twitter, and I saw that. And you know, of all the things that have come out in Atlanta so far, most of them were already known. But this is completely shocking. I mean, with a name like Grinch, I mean, I'm sure he he's been made fun of for it a ton. Um, I, with my last name, I mean, I make my last name a joke in the email when I give my email at the end of every podcast. You know, I just roll with it. If my last name was Grinch, I would have, I would have at least seen what everyone was talking about by now. Yeah, Barry. One, do you buy that Alex Grinch has never seen how the Grinch stole Christmas? I actually choose not to buy it. I do not. <laughs> um, if if the Oklahoma defensive coordinator's last name was Alex Schwarzenegger and declared he had never seen How the Grinch Stole Christmas, I would say false. <laughs> and for a guy to be his last name Grinch and to have never seen How the Grinch Stole Christmas, it, it defies belief. I don't know what the motives of Grinch are trying to lead us down this uh, wayward path, this subversive path, but I, I would need further discussions with him to, to find out the uh, root of such travesty. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal for the Peach Bowl is for the Sooners to win with a defensive performance for the ages, so that I can uh, so that I can write that the Oklahoma defense, uh, its brains were full of spiders and its uh, garlic and its soul. So that's what <laughs> that's what uh, I'm trying to get to here. I don't know how a guy avoids how the Grinch stole Christmas. One of the all time great uh, one of the all time great performances in American television history. Forget Christmas. Just that thirty minute how the Grinch stole Christmas, Whoville, and the uh, and the Grinch, and the, the whole scene. It's a uh, it's a technological marvel for something made in the nineteen sixties. And Alex Grinch, uh, if Alex Grinch has not seen it, he himself has garlic in his soul. <laughs> and and so if if Oklahoma's defense does put together that kind of performance and they get after. Joe Burrow, are you going to say that they had LSU mangled up and tangled up knots? I don't. I, I don't know. I actually heard. I heard. I actually heard how the Grinch stole Christmas. The song last weekend. My uh, my granddaughter had a uh, concert, and their ensemble sang it. And as soon as I heard, "Brain is full of spiders, they've got garlic in their soul," I said. <laughs> If there's a miracle in Atlanta, I'm using those terms. So that's my two favorite. <laughs> it writes itself. No, there's there's all kinds it of does great write itself. There's all kinds of great phrases in that. And the best thing I thought is it, this line of questioning. By the way, started really early in in Alex Wrench's uh, media session today, which was just him sitting at a table with about four or five of us gathered around. It was very informal, very laid back, and uh, he was having fun with it. But he made a Dr. Seuss reference, I, I think unintentionally, in his answer about it. He said, um, this is what he said. He said, I tell everyone that's where I got my mental toughness. That's one. Most people that say, say it act like they're the first ones to say it, which is exciting for them. 
but we embrace it. My wife, she married into it. I tell everybody her last name was Blazer. And and the places I could have gone if my last name was Blazer. So, oh, the places you'll go if your last name is Blazer, <laughs> apparently. It, 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 I feel you like should have taken hers last name. What a fabulous last name, Blazer. <laughs> That's a fantastic last name. That's one of the five best last names I've ever heard, Blazer. We yeah. named cars after that word. We named sports coats after that word. We named... NBA basketball teams with that word. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic one. What uh, we're we're sitting here on Christmas Eve. Alex Grinch said his fi- favorite Christmas movie was uh, Christmas Vacation, which is a fantastic choice. Abby, what's yours? I think that I would have to go with either. I love I love the classic Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Or uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. All right, solid uh, solid choices, Barry. You know, are we talking thirty minutes or movies? no? We're, we're talking the, what movies. Qu- What's your favorite Christmas movie? And it, I mean, you can oh, the thirty movie, minute ones. Full length movie. The, the I mean, Abby, if you want to add something more to yours, I mean, I don't have any issues against the thirty minute uh, ones as well. But Barry, what's your favorite Christmas full length movie? I um, it would be it's a wonderful life, but I actually think it's a little bit. It's not really a Christmas movie. It just happens to be set at Christmas time. Okay, they so could have set it. So I imagine could have set it in July and and not really changed much. Okay, so, so I'll, I'm I'll, going to go. What's that? Oh, I was going to say. So along those lines, I I would assume that uh, you don't believe Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, no, I do not believe Die Hard is a Christmas movie, for crying out loud. You now <laughs> polluted this podcast. The podcast has been polluted. Um, but I'm going to go with Home Alone. I love Home Alone. When, he, a... when, Michael Jordan, when Michael Jordan is on the train track going around uh, in the silhouette, rocking around the uh, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock, it's one of the great scenes in the history of cinema. So... Um, I love Home Alone. It is. A- I do love to. Hey, Abbey Abby Road, Abbey Road. You yes. ought to love Home Alone. It's set in suburban Chicago. It sure is, and I love. I do. I do love Joe Pesci. He's one of my favorite actors. So I think that if we're going full length movie, I will also go with Home Alone. Yeah, I. You know, Barry tried to talk it out of it being a Christmas movie. I still think. The one movie that I've got to see every Christmas time is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Although I also love A Christmas Story. Been watching it since I was a kid. We actually last night went to a place that had a pop up Chinese restaurant in their little loft area that was just like four or five tables up there that did uh, Bo Ling Chop Suey Palace from A Christmas Story. I was disappointed. They, I thought they would have the movie playing. They did not, but. We were able to get some uh, really good Chinese food, but uh, I, I I probably got to go with a Christmas story. Uh, but it's a Wonderful Life is a fantastic movie as well. It's big time. It's big. Love Jimmy Stewart. Love Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Let me tell you what. I bet Jimmy. I I will bet that Jimmy Stewart, before he died, had seen how the Grinch stole Christmas. <laughs> That's my prediction for the day. Yeah. You surely right. I mean. 
How the Grinch Stole Christmas was what, made in the 60s, right? I believe that to be the case, yes, mid-60s. And uh, Jimmy Stewart lived to be, to 1997, so he had plenty of Christmas opportunities to see How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So I'm sure he did. So, But let's uh, take a quick detour back to this game, Barry. Um, the uh, calendar for this game is so much different than a lot of bowl games recently. Part of that's due to how late everything fell Late Thanksgiving, which helped to, to have a late Big 12 title game, a late Heisman Trophy week, and then uh, th- this game is pretty early because of, frankly, the, the Sugar Bowl being pretty stubborn about not moving off of uh, New Year's Day. Do you think that changes the dynamic of this game at all with, with preparations, given that there's a week or two fewer of downtime between having played a game? You know, I don't think it really has a big effect because both schools were involved in the uh, in the uh, award circuit, going to Atlanta, going to New York. They both had Heisman finalists. Joe Burrow won it, so he got a day or two extra of the revelry. But if you know, if if you're uh, Trevor Lawrence and you don't go to New York, which he didn't. You know, that's sort of that's an advantage in my mind for Clemson because you know the New York you went to New York you know what a whirlwind it is um, it's not just the time but just the the emotional energy I think can be a distraction it doesn't have to be but it can be so I think in, all in all uh, it, OU and, o- and LSU I think they're offset by the calendar I think the calendar is absurd by the way Um no reason you, you couldn't be playing this game on January 1st. But since it is, when it is, it, it works out evenly, I think, for the Tigers and the Sooners. What about you, Abby? I think that, um, I don't know, you, you don't have as much time to, you know, give players some rest and stuff. But I think that, you know, maybe it it helps to, you know, play a little bit quicker, uh you haven't you haven't had as much time off in between and so you're still like in that mindset in that mode and it's not kind of just one game out of nowhere um so i think that i think that uh i mean from when we talked to a couple players the other week they didn't seem too concerned about it and i think that uh i don't think the compressed timeline should be that big of an issue yeah i i mean i don't think it's a negative at all i think it's the the only potential is to be a, a positive in in helping this game be played a little bit cleaner and and not have to shake off so much rust but we'll see if that's the mm-hmm. case here on saturday but uh we're going to take a quick break here on the sooners extra podcast be back with our third and final segment uh for the day the sooners extra podcast as always is presented by zaxby's if you could go to apple podcast or wherever you get you get your podcast and, and drop us a review, we would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. This is a Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. 
Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. Once again, I'm Ryan Aber here with Barry Trammell and Abby Bitterman. I'm in uh, beautiful downtown Atlanta. Abby is in Chicago. Barry's in Norman. Um, Barry's getting ready to come out here uh, on, on Christmas night. Barry, you ever spent much time in Atlanta? I have. Uh, yeah, the answer. <laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, I spent uh, three point eight years in Atlanta covering the Summer Olympics in the summer of twenties of, of nineteen ninety six. Longest eighteen <laughs> days of my life. Um, I did not. Uh, Atlanta's okay. There's nothing special about Atlanta when it comes to the New Year's Six Bowls. There are six. Um, locales five of them destination spots plus atlanta so you got southern california south florida new orleans phoenix and even dallas i mean some people wouldn't get too excited about dallas dallas <laughs> is nice for us because it's convenient and we know our way around but i guess atlanta is the dallas of the southeast so um it's uh it's foreign territory for crying out loud sooners have never played a football game in the state of georgia and that's a little difficult to believe because there's a lot of football going on in Georgia. Georgia Tech, Georgia, and the Peach Bowl, and the kickoff, cl- the, the kickoff classic thing that they do in Atlanta. So Sooners have never made it over there. But um, that changes in a couple of, uh, or in a couple of days, four days. Hey, let me ask you, let me ask you about this uh, the, the tone and the tenor and sort of the attitude of the Sooners in Atlanta. Lincoln Riley has sort of embraced this attitude of, hey, we're the underdog. Nobody respects us. Nobody thinks we ought to be here. Is that legit? Is that getting old to some people? I mean, it seems to me the Sooners get a lot of respect from everybody. They don't necessarily think they can win this game, but um, this is a team or a program that year after year gets all kinds of respect from from the uh, American uh, landscape. So, what do, what are the Sooners sort of embracing this idea that they're disrespected? Well, I think uh, some of them are. I think every team likes to play that disrespect card, even though even when it's not there. I mean, we've seen it with Oklahoma inside the Big Twelve, heck, and they've dominated that absolutely over the last uh, half decade. So. Um, some of them are, but like Jalen Hurts, I actually talked to him a little bit about this this morning, the the different way that this this team is perceived versus really any other game that they played, and it's uh, sort of the opposite for LSU in some of the big games that they played this year where they were the underdog, and then uh, now they enter this as, as thought of as this big bad behemoth over there from the SEC. Uh Jalen Hurts sort of rubbed, rushed it off and said, ah, it's, it's no different for us. The, the outside perception doesn't matter. But Lincoln Riley has clearly acted like the outside perception does matter and that, uh, hey, you know, we're, we're going to show up and play and see what happens, basically what he said on ESPN. And I think that can be sort of freeing for a team in some ways. You don't have the weight of the expectations on you. But at the same time, there's all kinds of expectations on this Sooners team just because it's been so long since they played in a title game. 
And if they're able to to win a couple since they've won a national championship, I mean, it's hard to think that it's longer since the Bob Stoops national championship in 2000 to now from from between those two points and from the 1985 national championship to uh, the the 2000 national title. So there's there's certainly a hunger among this fan base for for success that I, I think maybe mitigates any talk about Oklahoma being the decided underdog in this game, and uh, we're just happy to be here. You know, I never thought about it until you said it, but same is true from the, the last Bud Wilkinson national title, 56, to the first Barry Switzer national title, 74, 18 years. Yeah. So this is this is an historic drought. It's the, it's the longest drought in OU history. Between titles. Yeah, because, since they won the first one. Uh, since they won the first one. That's right. So uh, that's interesting. Of course, um, this is not a team we expect to win the title. Last year was not a team we expect to win the title. Where the Sooners really missed it was since 17. They could have won that championship. Mm-hmm. They were as good as Georgia. They were as good as Alabama. They had Georgia on the ropes. They let them off. They had a chance to win the game in overtime, fourth and one. Third and one, don't make it. Fourth and one, blink and kick a field goal, lose in the second overtime. Um, that's the one that got away. If Oklahoma wins that national title in 17, all this talk is non-existent. All this idea that uh, the Sooners can't win the big one or they're not as good. I mean, they'd be like Ohio State. They'd have one of these. They'd have one of these national titles, and in the playoff and that had been there a bunch, and they would be looked at as, you know, maybe not on Alabama and Clemson's lung, but right below them, very close. And now they're not. They're just looked at as sort of a, a second-tier uh, program underneath the big boys. So um, that's the one that got away. They're going to have to, you know, to win this title, to win this game, they're going to have to spring an upset of historic proportions because they're 13-and-a-half-point underdogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, I wanted to ask you what uh, what have you learned about about LSU through talking to um, some players and coaches so far this week? Oh, I think it's been interesting to see the personality of of LSU maybe contrasted with Oklahoma. When you talk about think about Oklahoma, which so much of it comes from Lincoln Riley's personality and Jalen Hurts' personality. Um, which Lincoln Riley is everything close to the vest, and Jalen Hurts is uh, doesn't say much, and it's all a business approach for him. LSU is a little bit different. Ed Orgeron, I thought, gave some really insightful answers yesterday when asked about Oklahoma, especially their offense. I'm actually going to uh, blog this relatively shortly, talking about the, the counterplay that OU runs so much, and one, how tough that is to stop, and two, Lincoln Riley sort of encouraging Ed Orgeron to commit to it and make it a part of their offense. So Lincoln Riley has played a big role, I think, sort of unwittingly at the time in making Oklahoma or LSU's offense what it is. And, and then another thing, yesterday I got to, to sit down for a few minutes really one-on-one with uh, LSU defensive end Rashard Lawrence, who had some really interesting things things to say about Jalen Hurts, his progression, because Rashard Lawrence played against Jalen Hurts 
in that uh, 2017 LSU-Alabama game. So he's seen him up close, the progression that, that Jalen Hurts has made. And then also the, the struggles that LSU had defensively in the game against Ole Miss, which uh, uh, Rashard Lawrence said that Ole Miss's offense structurally, they're obviously not as good, but structurally reminded him a lot of Oklahoma's uh Ole Miss, if I'm not mistaken, scored 37 points in that game and and talked about how difficult it was containing the quarterback and, and how difficult it's going to be to try to contain Jalen Hurts on Saturday. So I, I think that those were a couple of the most interesting things I heard from the LSU side uh, over the last couple of days. Well, it's, it's, it's a game where the Oklahoma offense is going to have to play well. I don't know. The one thing missing from this OU offense compared to earlier in the season and compared to years past is the explosiveness, the home run plays. No Marquise Brown. C.D. Lamb has become more of a possession receiver than a uh, home run threat. Um, So my question is twofold. One, can the Sooners find a couple of home run plays? Um, Can... Charleston Rambo get loose and CD make a, a, a 60 yard play. And the follow up question if not, can Oklahoma sustain long, grinded out drives? They've done it against Baylor. They've done it against Baylor. Can they do it against LSU? If they do, they have a chance. Yeah, I, I think they're going to need to at, at some point to, to grind it out, especially with Kennedy Brooks on the ground. And obviously, we know how great of running back or runner. Jalen Hurts is I say running back because pretty much when he has the ball it's uh, a running back style but they're I think they're going to need those home run plays they're going to it can't be constant uh, you know six seven eight minute drives they've got to hit some home runs on them and it, I think it's got to be with guys like C.D. Lamb uh, clearly Charleston Rambo has that ability that ability as well but they really need CeeDee Lamb to have a really big game in this one. And he's had a stretch in uh, late October or mid-October, really early October, to uh, early November where he was absolutely phenomenal and then he missed that game against Baylor and, and really hadn't been the same since. They need him to be the player he was against Texas, against Kansas State, against uh, you know Iowa State had a big uh, – some some big plays there. They need that CD Lamb, I think, in order to be successful. We saw last year how much not having their number one wide receiver healthy hampered them against Alabama when Marquise Brown wasn't in there and wasn't able to contribute much at all. They need CD Lamb to to go out and be the CD Lamb. I think that a, a lot of us have seen all year long. Well, that would be a, that would be a nice. Uh, addition, because we know CD is capable. We know that CD is uh, has got that kind of talent and ability. Um, but you know, for whatever reason, the way this Oklahoma offense has sort of morphed, um, he's become. I'm trying to think of a likeness in in Oklahoma history. He's. I don't know that there is one. Um, you know, Joaquin Iglesias is a guy that became more of a, uh, a, a 
the possession receiving was really good. Now, C.D. Lamb's way better than Joaquin Iglesias, but um, just a case of anything they can get in chunks, anything 30 yards and more would be a huge boom to this offense and relieve a little of the pressure of having to continually make six yards on first down or or uh, convert third and fives. be a huge, huge uh, help, I think, to – um, to this offensive ability to, to try to dominate this game. Yeah, I think that's a, absolutely right. I think it, it would be much better for them to be able to break off a couple of those chunk plays at least because eventually LSU's defense is going to have some success. They've got talent across the board. They've struggled at times this year, but they're still a really good defense, and uh, I, I think it would be better for them to uh, – you know, pop off a couple of those big plays, but that's going to be interesting to see. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up there on the Sooners Extra podcast. Uh, you can reach out to me, R-A-B-E-R, at Oklahoman.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at R-Y-A-B-E-R. Abby? Follow me on Twitter, at Abby underscore Bitterman, and reach me through email, as always, a bitterman at Oklahoman.com. And Barry? Uh, just call me, 405-760-8080. Don't call me tomorrow afternoon, Christmas afternoon, <laughs> uh, because I'll be in the air a good part of the day. You probably won't get me. I follow the uh, FAA regulations of turning off my phone. Well, that's good. Probably you wouldn't get much reception up at uh, 35,000 feet or whatever you're going to get to uh, tomorrow. But, Barry, looking forward to, to seeing you down here at Atlanta tomorrow night thank you so much for joining the sooners extra podcast which as always is presented by zaxby's satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh made salads stop by your neighborhood zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast you can check out our work every day at oklahoman.com and every morning in the oklahoman for the best ou coverage anyway